In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Betches Media presents Diet Starts Tomorrow with host Aileen Drexler. I'm having a relationship with my pizza. In a world where wellness looks perfect on Instagram. Just doing my workout. Tuesday's arms and back. But feels anything but in real life. Is butter a carb? Yes. This is the podcast exploring the emotional side of well-being. I would be proud to partake of your pecan pie. From people who understand the struggle. I am on the third day of my cleanse diet. Hello and welcome to Diet Starts Tomorrow. I'm your host, Aileen, and today we have an awesome guest. I'm so excited to introduce her. She's the editor-in-chief at Women's Health. She's been in the wellness industry for over 15 years and is the author of the new book, Own Your Morning. Welcome to DST, Liz Plosser. Hello. It's so nice to be here. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to chat this morning. Me too. I'm really excited to talk all about your book. I'm excited to hear about your... First of all, I really want to hear about your career. So I need to hear about your background. How did you become the editor-in-chief at Women's Health? What's it been like to be in the wellness industry for 15 years? I assume it's changed so much. (laughs) Tell me. Yes. um, I'll I'll try to do the most condensed turbo version because I can can, uh, go down many rabbit holes. But that's, I think, part (laughs) of the fun of my journey is that it's been very much a zig and zag along the way. First thing I wanted to put out there, um, which people are surprised to hear, is that my first job out of college was actually in investment banking, which I know, yes. But it's really been key and crucial to my story. And I'm so grateful for having that experience for a couple of years for a number of reasons. Number one, skills that I have in my industry because of it. And number two, because I viscerally knew this was not where I was going to be forever. And I think because I felt that so deeply in my soul, it allowed me to go go really hard, you know, think through like, what am I meant to do in life? What are my passions? And talk to people um, in all sorts of industries to learn what they loved and didn't love about their careers. But anyway, I feel like part two of my journey began early on, as you said, more than 15 years ago. Um, I worked as an editorial assistant at Self Magazine. I did that for a long time. And then I went to Chicago, where I worked at the weekly magazine, Time Out Chicago, kind of rising up the ranks there. And then I came back to New York City after having children, which is uh, makes me a little bit of a unicorn. Not many people do that. And had a couple other jobs along the way, but got back into media working at Cosmopolitan under Joanna Coles, where I oversaw the sort of revamping of what the the health and wellness content at Cosmo could look like. And then I pivoted outside of media. I went to work at SoulCycle, where I oversaw digital content and strategy on the brand side. Um, And then I went all in on digital at Well & Good, where I was SVP of content. That's a, a health and lifestyle brand. And then I came to Women's Health, which was newly part of the Hearst family a little over four years ago as editor-in-chief. So I left a few things out, but um, yeah. That's very inspiring to hear. Yeah. Thank you. 
So then the second question is like, how has the wellness industry shifted, especially like, you know, since social media in the last 10 years has become such a huge part of it? How do you feel like it's changed or you've seen it change? Yeah, for starters, um, I would say, gosh, I remember being a junior editor very early on in my media career, and it was a lot of searching for the stories, you know, looking under rocks and finding the really good ones. And I would say in the last 15 plus years, that pendulum has completely changed. And now as editors, rather, um, we're still detectives and sleuths, you know, looking at the, the science and finding the best stories. But now there's just an inundation in this industry. You know, it's trillions of dollars large um, and has become ever more important every year, especially as we've all gone through the pandemic and people are, you know, it's front and center, whether it's mental health, physical health, emotional health, which I would argue are all intertwined. So that to me, just um, the number of pitches and what I sift through in my inbox, like I can't (laughs) even tell you, it's like almost night and day. Social media, I could probably talk to you about for the rest of the day. Um, I have a a love-hate relationship with it, but I'll put it out there that I get a lot of story ideas and I'm pretty active, especially on Instagram, just in seeing what people are posting about. And actually more than that, what the comment sections are, what conversations are happening there, Mm -hmm. um, I think in its best and purest form. It can be a place for people who are going through something to find support and to share about that and to be vulnerable and maybe to educate themselves. So yes, but I mean, it's a, it's a whole new tool and one that, um, that I and the rest of the women's health editors turn Mm -hmm. to a lot just to see what people are talking about and thinking about. Right. I agree with you. Like there's good and bad about it. Like you can, you can say it's the sometimes maybe the root of a lot of our mental (laughs) health issues, but also you can find support on the apps. But I was just wondering, like, I feel like 10 years ago, I feel like wellness has always sort of been targeted to women about like weight loss and stuff like that. And then it's sort of been changed to self-help and bettering yourself. And I don't know, there's still undertones of a lot of the old school stuff in there. But that's why I was just wondering, like having been in this space for this long and watching it change, I just wonder if like you feel like a lot of the stuff is the same or is it just, and like with a new name or is it really, do you feel like we've changed for the better? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm so glad that you posed that. And it's something I think about every single day. I have three kids, one of whom mm-hmm. is my daughter, Lucy. So I think about this a lot, just like as a human going through the world and as a mom, um, mm-hmm. and certainly leading this brand that reaches more than 47 million people a month. Right. Like what an honor and responsibility. I will say before I even arrived at Women's Health, the team had made a decision to um, sunset the cover lines that were, you know, like lose 10 pounds in two weeks. Oh, right. And bikini abs by tomorrow, page, <laughs> te- you know, go to this yeah. page. So that was already done, which I, as a longtime fan of this brand, I've been reading it for the entire 17 years it's existed, was so heartened to see that. And when I came onto the team, I was very committed to continuing that progress. I, I think at Women's Health, um, it's all about giving women the best information to make the most informed decisions for them and for their bodies to lead their healthiest and happiest lives. And I also want to be clear that we recognize we have readers who, you know, are 
dealing with health conditions or would just simply feel better and more empowered and confident if they lost five pounds and really felt comfortable in their jeans. And so we're there to like hold their hands wherever they are in that journey and to give them the science-backed information to help them make the best, most informed decisions for them. It feels like cat food has been the same forever. Smelly, boring, made of mystery ingredients. That's why you've got to try Smalls. Smalls cat food is protein-packed recipes made with preservative-free ingredients you'd find in your fridge. And it's delivered right to your door. Make the switch from kibble and give your cat a meal they'll love. We actually sent some to my friend who is fostering kittens and it is the only thing they will eat. It comes in these pate packages and you scoop it and you just feel like you're a chef for your baby kitties and they j'adore it. Your cute kitty is descended from ferocious desert cats who hunted live prey. Even if your cat prefers to nap all day, they still need fresh protein-packed meals for a balanced and healthy diet. Other brands fill their food with mysterious meat byproducts, artificial flavoring, and preservatives with names I don't even want to try to pronounce. After switching it up to Smalls, 90% of cat owners reported overall health improvements. That's major. The team at Smalls is so confident your cat will love their product that you can try it risk-free. That means they'll completely refund you if your picky cat won't eat their food. Now is the time to make the switch to Smalls. Head to smalls.com slash DST and use promo code DST at checkout for 50% off your first order plus free shipping. That's the best offer you'll find, but you have to use my code DST for 50% off your first order. One last time, that's promo code DST for 50% off your first order plus free shipping, baby. I'm really excited to talk about your book and the topic of morning routines. What made you write about morning routines? Like, why is this your topic of choice? Are you a morning person? Have you always been one? (laughs) Um, I have to laugh because um, I was not always a morning person. Um, And so my book is partially about like telling that story that like you too can own your morning and start your day off right so that you can live the best day possible. But no, I grew up very much a person who like put her pillow over her head and snoozed on her alarm. And I did not come out of the womb, like rise and shine. I love mornings. I wake (laughs) up really early. And partially I wanted to share what I had learned over time and how empowering it was when I sort of, I'm a self-taught morning person and how my day went better and my week and my years went better when I was thoughtful about how I started my day. Okay. So why did you seek to write about it? So I would say my journey into being a morning person really started after I graduated from college. Um, When I entered the workforce, it was the first time that it became very clear to me that, oh my gosh, if I don't do the things that are important to me before my workday begins, they may not happen. And so that was like the beginning of, okay, that might mean I need to wake up a little earlier. I used to work out in the evening after work and so many times a new deadline or something crazy would plop on my desk at the end of the day and that plan was out the window. I realized those morning hours are the very few hours of the day that I could control and really build out for myself. So when I arrived at Women's Health, we talked a lot about that and who our reader is and... um she definitely aspires to live her best day possible. And we knew that like kicking off her day right would help her do that. So this all began as a column in the magazine, the monthly magazine called Own Your Morning, 
where we feature different, as we say, women who move us. So like all different industries, she could be an astronaut, a scientist, an athlete, an actor, you know, so many things. And it was a little, it was like a voyeuristic look into what does her morning look like? What time does she get up? Does she hang out with her kids? Is she drinking coffee? Yeah. A smoothie. What is it? And our readers just loved it so much. And especially as we brought that franchise to life across all of our platforms. So I always knew I wanted to go bigger, that there was something there. And it was through talking with the books team at Hearst, who partnered up with Penguin, that we really thought, like, I think the world like needs this and could benefit from it. Um, and so that's how it became a book. Why do you think people love to read about other people's like routines? Like there, I, there's all this trend of like what I eat in a day and all those things. Like, why do you think that that's such a, an obsession? It's such a good question. And I, I, I can speak for myself. I am just as mesmerized by the morning routines that look nothing like mine and that yeah. start very different later. You know, they don't touch their phone till X time, which is very different from me. It's just fun to get that peek kind of yeah. behind the curtain. The, the early morning hours when you're still in your pajamas and like, you know, gradually wiping your eyes. It's such like a vulnerable, visceral time almost. So it's cool when somebody shares what happens there. And I get ideas even from people whose mornings and careers look really different from mine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sometimes I like watch people's things. I'm like, this could be my life, but it never will be. Or it's like, <laughs> oh, I can adapt to this one thing. So what does it mean to own your morning? So I want to be clear, owning your morning is not, this is a bit of a misconception. It does okay. not mean that you have to get up like while the birds are singing and the sun has right. not written, risen yet. Um, owning your morning is about building the perfect start to your day. And I get into this in the book um, and I take readers on an exercise and learning about their core values, which is essentially getting really clear about what's most important to you and fills you up. And so owning mm -hmm. your morning is when you nod to those things in whether it's micro, which is totally cool and what I do, or macro ways. And when you've done that, it's um, it's a little bit like that old adage about putting your oxygen mask on first on the airplane before anybody else's. It really is true. When you filled yourself up and empowered yourself in that way, you can go out and be the best mom, the best um, in your career, the best friend, the best daughter, all the things when you've taken care of yourself first. And that's what Own Your Morning is about. Building this, it's like a blueprint for what fills you up to start your day. Yeah. So do you think it's about the routine or what you're doing in your routine? Like, is it just about having something that you do every single day? Or is it you have to have like a fitness element or like a meditative, like wellness? Like, could your routine be like, okay, first I drink Diet Coke, <laughs> then I have some Kit Kats. <laughs> and that brings you joy. Like, is that a good morning routine? Um, I love this question. <laughs> I, again, I think it can look really different for everybody. Um, I personally need caffeine to start my day, which includes yeah. lots of coffee, which there's lots of research for and against, but mostly for. Some might argue I drink too much fizzy water also in the morning. You know, I want to be really crystal clear that it's about you and you should feel no self-judgment or external judgment around what looks best for you. So, well, as a health editor, I would um, probably have lots of thoughts and words for you if you're starting your day guzzling a Diet Coke and a Kit Kat. It's Sounds truly delicious. about you. Um, yeah. There's a lot of science about the power of routines and making things a habit. So I don't want to um, 
discount the ritual or routine aspect of it, but it's it's really about creating those micro nods and they can look different every day because every morning is a little different. Mm-hmm. So what is your routine? Let's Is that something that you outline in the book or you go through? I do. Throughout the chapters, I, I share what mine looks like and um, sort of offer what other women have shared with me or with women's health about their routines and talk to lots of scientists and experts about that. But um, okay, so for Liz... And I also, I think it's fair noting that I've been mostly working from home during the pandemic. This book was written pre-pandemic. Actually, this book was written during the pandemic when we all thought any day we'd be called back to work. Yeah. Um, if I could do anything, it would be like add an addendum chapter around like work from home mornings because yeah. they're a little, they've definitely been different for me. But I get up, if I'm going into the office at 517, if I'm working from home, 617, I know the seven is really weird. Yeah. What's that about? (laughs) So I, seven is my lucky number. I was born on April 7. I always had sevens on my soccer jerseys and other sports jerseys growing up. Um, I just love the number seven. So I think it's powerful to start my day on a number that energetically is important to me. And I've talked to experts who, and psychologists, et cetera, who think there's a lot of truth in that. I have not Full disclosure, found a study that's like, yes, Liz, you are right. Start your day on that number. But it just feels good. Like you can choose what number you wake up on. Why not choose one that's important to you? There. <laughs> Secondly, I have found that personally, it makes me less likely to press the snooze button when I get up on an odd number. For some reason, if it were like 6.15 or 6 on the dot, it would be like, okay, five or 10 five more minutes. Five more minutes, um, yeah. And the math is too hard that early. <laughs> the math is too hard, exactly. So <laughs> that's the deal with seven. Okay, so you wake up at 5.17 or 6.17. Right. time do you go to bed? I, this is, <laughs> I do go to bed early. And I, I know people need varying levels of sleep. I have learned, and this I, I think will shock some people, nine hours is what I, I strive for. And that's hard. Admittedly, that's hard. So I try to be like wind down routine is happening between the eight and 9 PM hour. I'm reading to my kids. I'm in my pajamas. Oh, I know. I know. No, um, I, I'm with you. I like, I really, I get in my pajamas like before dinner. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Um, and then I'm, I'm hopefully pretty close to being, you know, zonked out for the night at around nine thirty. Okay. That's not that bad. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people stay up much later, like yeah, no, 10 or 11, sure. which I, I do. And very, you know, it happens. Life happens. Things, but, things um, get crazy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So 517, you're up or 617. But let's say 517 because that's early and I want to hear more. So okay. <laughs> then what? Um. So I've prepped my coffee the night before, as I mentioned. I love coffee. And I think part of that, yes, it has caffeine in it. So I get that little jolt but it's also the ritual of it. I love my little coffee pot area in my apartment. Um, it's bright yellow. I choose a mug that makes me happy and pour it in and like, you know, hands around the mug, warming up, smelling it, all those things. That's, that's like happiness to me to start my day. I do a little journaling, which is newer for me and definitely something I'm le- I've leaned into more in the pandemic. I have a dog, a Bernese mountain dog. And so ideally, yeah. So cute. Her name's Willa. She's the best. Um, I'm taking her on a walk. So I'm immediately exposing myself to sunshine and breathing in fresh air. I also work out before the rest of the day begins and before the rest of my family gets up. And this is 
you know, something that I share a lot on my social media and I talk about in the book, but um, there is so much awesome science about the power of movement. If you're interested, I can get into it, but it I makes do, me feel, I'm interested. It makes me <laughs> feel my most confident, my clearest um, and calmer. And there's something about like, I just accomplished something. I put my body through that challenge and whatever is coming my way this day, because stuff always comes my way. I feel better prepared to tackle it. So that's really important to me. Um, and then I have, like I said, three kids. So I'm checking in on them, rousing them from bed, getting their breakfast together. I do some things the night before to set myself up for a good meeting, a good morning. So, you know, I have my, my clothes planned out. My stuff is ready to go. And I get into that. I get my kids hustled out the door and onto the school bus or to their school. They go to two different schools and put in my headphones, listen to some music, which is a way I meditate and set my energy for the day. And it's off to work. And then you log in. Wow. That's very regimented, especially because you have it planned out the night before. I'm not saying that it's like a good or bad. I'm just like, that's very, you have to have the motivation or like you really need to want to do that every day. Did this happen over time or did you um, like one day you were like, this is going to be my routine and that's it? This happened over time. This has been a lot of um, experimentation over the years, a lot of reporting articles for all different health brands and like learning right. about these things, working with a personal therapist, life coaches and different jobs I've had. Like just getting over the years, like I said, really clear on my core values and what matters for me, family and fitness are definitely at the top of the list. And then I know the science of things like getting fresh air and sunshine. I know how much better I feel when I journal. So it's, yeah, I mean, more power to you if you're going to write down a routine today and (laughs) start following it, you know, regimentedly every day tomorrow morning. I have found it takes some time and some practice to know what resonates and what works for you. But to go back to what you said, you're totally right. Like the night before is actually really important to having an awesome morning. I wish it was just as easy as being like, I want to own my morning tomorrow. And, you know, your alarm goes off at 623 or whatever your lucky energetic number is. And you're like um, a Disney cartoon and like the birds (laughs) are chirping and the sun's (laughs) chiming through and music is playing. I have found real life doesn't really work that way for me. And so I do have to set myself up the night before. Um, And so interestingly, like one of the very first chapters in the book is about the night before and it's about sleep and the benefits of even choosing your outfit that you're going to wear tomorrow the night before, because I found this incredible bit of research about how in the morning or every day, people tend to take 17 minutes or up on average to just choose what they're going to wear our brain power scientifically is proven to be at its highest capacity in the morning. And so if you're using it to like rifle through your drawers to find your gym outfit, like I've done many times, like a little Mm -hmm. raccoon, you know, in the dark or figure out what I'm going to wear work. I'm sort of like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to take that precious time and brain power. Um, I'd rather do it the night before. Um, and that also includes setting up my coffee pot and doing a, a sweep through my apartment and picking up the kids' toys and ideally loading the dishwasher, which is so not fun at eight o'clock at night when you're exhausted after a long day. But yeah. the one thing that I promise is even worse is when you arrive at your sink the next morning and it still looks like that, that's even worse. That's so true. Were you 
always this early of a riser or was this only after you had kids? So kids definitely change things because I need to spend time with them getting them sorted. You know this as a mom now. Yeah. Um, And they force you to wake up at a certain hour, like no matter what. A hundred percent. And if you want to have some time to yourself, which is admittedly more challenging depending on where we are in our lives and how young or, you know, how much older our kids are or our our puppies are cats, you know, lots of dog parents too, which I went through uh, recently. (laughs) Yeah, it uh, you, this routine might shift. And something else I get into in the book is how often you need to sort of evaluate your routine. And one great marker is a life transition, like having children, or you make a big move, you leave the city and move to the suburbs like you did recently, or you change jobs. And so all of those are little moments where the universe is telling you, like, kind of reassess, think about what that ritual timeline, all those things need to look like. And also, I just want to put it out there that sometimes it's not like a big, like, I just got married, or I just moved, or I just started a new job. It might just be that you're feeling stuck or like off. And that can also be your your psyche, your your spirit telling you like, what can we shake up? And that's a great time to evaluate and maybe adjust things as well. Mm-hmm, for sure. Yeah, for me, like this is I've definitely been <laughs> a little bit shaken by like all of the new routines and everything, having to feed my child like on the dot and while we were like sort of getting yes. her sleep schedule. So it's definitely has changed and finding like movement after having being pregnant, having a kid, like that's it's all just a shit show, let's just say that. <laughs> but we're figuring <laughs> it out. This episode is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick but can't always find the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you, Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for this season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription clothing rental service. For just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles each month. Access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands. There are no fees, late fees, damage fees, or fees to pause or cancel. They also have inclusive sizing up to 5X as well as petite and maternity. And you always have the option to buy what you love. I love Newly. I've rented so many cute things from there, and I've even made a few purchases from there. And They're always spot on. They have so many brands that I honestly could never afford in real life. So it's great to be able to rent them. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now, you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code DST20. Just go to Newly, that's N U U L Y dot com, and enter the code DST20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y dot com, Newly with two U's, with code DST20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. So I wanted to ask you, it seems like it takes a lot of energy to even set out to be, and but when I say regimented, I don't mean it, in, again, in a negative way, I mean like to have such a you know, a strict schedule in the morning. And like you said, the coffee is like more of a ritual. So how do you justify? Because I can see somebody who doesn't have this perspective of like, I don't see why this is such a big deal. How do you tell somebody 
who doesn't really see it now that you're on the other side of it, like that all of that energy is worth it to put towards that building that schedule? Yeah. I mean, the best I can say, or the best advice I have is to like, give it a try and also to start small. Like you don't have to take all of this on and overhaul your morning overnight to your point about like, this took me years and decades (laughs) to fine tune my personal schedule. It still changes and the pandemic changed it. Um, And it's going to change again as I start going back to the office. So start small, make little changes and this is something I talk about with fitness a lot is that once you taste like what a, like a superhero you feel like after you've moved your body and you see like, Oh gosh, I was better prepared to handle it when my boss dropped that crazy deadline or new project. I didn't feel prepared for because of all the body chemistry changes that happen when you move your body, you become acclimated to that. And it starts to become like, if I don't do it, then I feel off. So you can kind of dabble and I go into different areas, whether it's self-care or fitness or experimenting with food and what you're eating and are you eating breakfast or not? And what does your breakfast look like? Like literally apply to every aspect of your life. And then once you start to, to experience that and feel like a clearer, more confident, calmer human being, it's hard to go back and you realize, oh my gosh, these, these little things are all adding up. But Again, to go back, like start small. You don't have to change everything overnight. You don't have to suddenly start waking up at 5 a.m. tomorrow. Maybe it's five minutes earlier tomorrow. And um, all those little things matter. Mm-hmm. The other thing I would say is um, give yourself grace. Like I know I'm the evangelist of mornings and such a morning person, but like truly, like, it's like, For me, a good morning is when I nail my ritual. I hit all those things that are important to me, my little micro nods to my core values that fill me up. Actually, a great morning is when I get in as many as I can and like the tornado happens, we miss the bus, we can't find my kids' homework, like all the real life stuff. And I still, because I've done as many things as possible as part of my routine, I'm better able to handle all those twists and turns and challenges that come up. And like, that's actually the great morning. Like that's Mm -hmm. when it really matters. Yeah, I can see that. Also, like, I'm assuming that over time it becomes the energy that you've, you've put towards doing it every day. You're rewarded back with it by like removing the thought of doing it every day. You know, like you don't have to think about, oh, I'm just going to go for a run. You don't have to think about making yourself do it all the time. You don't have to think about, you know, like what you're going to wear. You sort of just created this sort of easy well, well it's not I'm sure it's not easy to what, what is your movement by the way do you run um I am a runner I've actually I've gotten really into kettlebells in the last year so that yeah. <laughs> that tends to be my thing but I'm actually I'm so glad you said that because you're right when it's so ingrained in your lifestyle it does help you go on autopilot yeah and just feel like this is what I do this is my morning yeah. Having said that, I am I am human like everyone else. And I, I feel like I need to talk more about this. But there, there are so many mornings like this morning where I'm like, oh, my body feels tired. That yeah. weekend wasn't as restorative as I wanted it to be. And I'm like, I don't want to work out today. So I, what do you do? <laughs> well, <laughs> first of all, I want to say it's okay to take a rest day. And sometimes our, our bodies are sending us signals that maybe you need to take it easy. So I talk about this in the book, but this is one of my favorite things to tell people. I use what I call the four minute rule when it comes to fitness. And I also do this with journaling, except I call it the two second, uh, two sentence rule, which is 
I'm going to let myself off the hook after four minutes, which is actually like a physiological benchmark on how long it takes your body to sort of acclimate to like oxygen deprivation and um, not deprivation, but that like that reacclimation to using your heart and lungs and the mm-hmm. challenge of moving yourself. And I always find, I mean, literally 99.9 times out of a hundred that once I get to the four minute mark, I'm like, okay, I'm good. I'm into it. I'm feeling better. So I try to remind myself of that. I think a lot about future Liz. I know, I know that Mm -hmm. she's going to feel better at her job and more prepared for her day when she moves her body. So I try to remind myself of that when I'm like, I just don't feel like it. And like I said, I am good about setting out my workout clothes the night before. So sometimes just seeing them there and being like, okay, you can do this. You can pull on your leggings. Let's go. Yeah. That's true to think about your future self is, is a good practice. I think that applies not just for like fitness, but like you said, with the dishes or for me, like I know if I have like a messy office or my room, my bedroom has closed places or whatever, making myself do it in that moment is inspired or motivated by knowing that I will hate it. I will be like, I will have a worse Monday if it is not clean. (laughs) I don't know if that's like an OCD thing (laughs) or is it really, truly just, you know, knowing yourself or is it both? No, I think that's awesome. And I'm so glad you brought how it shows up in different areas. Yes. I think a lot of people identify with this when it comes to movement and fitness, but, um, Yeah, it's so true. Procrastination takes a ton of energy, something hanging over us. That's like sucking our soul and our neurological power. And I love that you, you over time have learned, okay, like I'm just going to tackle this because I know future Aileen's going to feel better afterward. Yeah. Not to say that that pile hasn't been there for a week, (laughs) (laughs) but still, um, Okay. What is, so you talk about the night before. So evening routines, I feel like they are not talked about enough, right? I feel like they're just as important. What's your evening routine or is your evening routine all about setting yourself up for the morning? So my evening routine looks a little bit different and it's about to get even more different as I start heading back to work and have a commute and maybe more events real yeah. in real life events and stuff. So this is, I, I will be in it with your listeners and readers <laughs> as we all navigate um, kind of the new normal for those of us um, who've been lucky enough to be able to work from home for a while. But um, no, I, I love to cook with my husband, Matt since we've both been working from home early on in the pandemic, it became important for us to create a line in the sand between our work day and our personal, like the family time in the evening. So we've been taking a walk together every night for like two and a half years where we can catch each other up on all the zoom calls that we like kind of overheard bits and pieces of. And it helps me because it's, it's very hard to just continue looking at your, your laptop or your desktop or your phone. It's been one of the, the, the tough things for mental and emotional health during the pandemic, for sure. So that's been awesome. Um, but then, yes, I am thinking about tomorrow morning. So picking my outfit, reminding myself what my workout's going to be, doing a run through the apartment to get everything cleaned up. But also, like, I just want time to chill and hang with my family. So mm-hmm. Matt and I cook dinner. We spend time cuddling our dog and our three kids. We let them have some digital time. We usually pile onto our bed together in our the parents' bedroom and pick a movie that we watch part of, and then we read a book with the kids every single night. So that's my routine. I would also say 
I'm really good at falling asleep fast. I tend to hit my pillow and just conk out maybe because I'm so exhausted. Also because <laughs> I'm just a lucky human. I know a lot of because you woke struggle. up so early. <laughs> yeah, probably, probably part of it, a benefit of that early, early alarm. Yeah. Um, but I also, I'm careful even about the environment in my room. I want it to be clean. I keep the thermometer below 70 degrees. So there's cool research about how having a slightly lower body temperature at night helps us sleep more deeply. If I'm worried I'm not going to sleep well, I'll sometimes jump in the shower and do a quick rinse to help bring down my body temperature. And I do some like, um, you know, body scrubbing and using yeah. like soaps that smell good and kind of make me feel calmer. So I am pretty conscious about what's happening at night. Yeah. Having also a, a kid, I feel like forces you to see the benefits of routines because they thrive on routines. So true. Like bedtime routine. Like I never thought about that. And I remember trying to, the thought of doing a bedtime routine for my daughter was very overwhelming to me up front. I was like, oh my God, now I have to do this. Like, but now it's very like second nature to me. And it's almost, I like that time because it's also now bonding time. And I can see, wow, I can apply that to my own life, not just my kid's life. It just feels like, again, like it becomes autopilot and you see the benefits of it in other ways. So speaking yes. of, yeah. I, I was just going to say, I am basically like a, a toddler in a grown woman's body. And <laughs> the more I acknowledge that truth, the better. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the truth for all of us. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Okay, so for somebody who is really struggling with whether just starting a routine or finding the motivation to do it, although they know they know the benefits, they know it's good for them, but they just can't like I can't get out of bed earlier or I can't force myself to do to move or even if moving is not a priority for them. Some people are uh, nighttime exercisers. So how, what what advice do you give someone like that? Yeah, I, I would say, number one, I totally understand. And I was right there with you. And to start small and to make little mini changes and see how you feel. I would also say, give yourself some grace. You don't have to be, you know, it's progress, not perfection. This does yeah. not have to happen overnight. And the, I think the last thing I would say is that I really encourage people, especially those who are struggling, but all of us, to acknowledge your wins. Like when you do get up with your alarm, take a minute to be like, I just did that. I didn't press news. And very, <laughs> there's cool science again um, that I get into in the book on the power of momentum and acknowledging our achievements. And that doesn't mean you, you get a, a huge surge of dopamine, whether it's um, your boss just called you and you got a promotion and you still get a big surge of dopamine in your body when you finish a workout or you know finish journaling or listening to a song or cuddle with your kiddo like those things all count even even though they might feel really little in the moment and one study that i love is about people who finished races 
And whether they were the first person across the finish line or a middle of the packer or the last person, when they took a second to like take a deep breath at the finish line and acknowledge what just happened, that momentum carried on into everything else they did. And so I would encourage people to do that. Like for me, I, I often snap a selfie, like jumping with a girlfriend after we finish a run or flexing in the mirror at the gym. And yes, I get some raised eyebrows and I know it's <laughs> kind of weird, but that's a moment of being like, I just did that. Whether it was a 15 minute foam rolling session or a five mile run, all of it counts. Even the little stuff, it all adds up. Yeah, that's true. I can relate to the selfie thing. Like I always feel so stupid, but it is, <laughs> it does feel like almost like you're like, you have to capture this moment where you're kind of proud of yourself this morning. I'm going to share, this is my non-scale one next week. So everybody's going to hear it twice. Um, not next week, this Thursday, but I just went for a run this morning for the first time since like I was pregnant. I ran like inconsistently, but I was always so scared that I was like jostling the baby. Yeah. Um, but I used to run like in the pan like summer 2020 and I haven't done it since. And today I just was like, you know what? It's nice out. I'm going to do it. And I did. And it outside and yeah. I took a picture <laughs> of myself yeah. and I sent it to my husband and I was like, are you proud? And he's like, I'm always proud. But, no. um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I felt really, it felt really good. So I feel yeah. that. There's definitely power in that. And um, it's fun sometimes, especially when I'm feeling a little darker down to like scroll through my my photo app on That's my phone true. and be like, look at look at my like bright, clear eyes and flushed cheeks and like how good I felt. I think what's also important about you running outside is you did a couple other things that are great to do in the morning, which is you got fresh air, mm. you got sunlight, which is like literally nature's espresso. Um, any light exposure first thing in the morning is really good for you, but as sunlight is the best. Also, there's cool science by light researchers about how much more beautiful things look under the sunrise. So you were probably feeling like a combination of wow. all that. Check me out. <laughs> it's, but it, it is so much harder to do anything in the winter. Like yes. when it's so dark, you feel like you're waking up at three in the morning, even if it's like seven. Um, how do you force yourself to do things then? Oh my gosh. I, I 100% agree. Um, and I know we're speaking on a day where it's like nice and warm. I know it's in beautiful. And the, the area we live in. So it's a little different today, but yeah, I mean, December, January, February, that's real for many yeah. parts of the country where it's like so dark, so late, it's so cold outside. Um, and that's when I rely on that, like looking um, into the future, how is the mm -hmm. future Liz going to feel? And I rely on things like, thank goodness I set out my leggings and my sneakers the night before yeah. and was thoughtful about what the weather was going to bring, because those are the little challenges and obstacles that we're just humans. And when you're tired and it's freezing and it's still pitch black outside, that can be the game changer, the difference between getting on with your morning and having an awesome morning and an awesome day versus being like, I just don't want to. So I'm going <laughs> to stay in bed. Yeah. No, that, it feels like you're emerging from a cave when you get up it, like yes. <laughs> in the winter. Like I need to go back to my cave. What if somebody's just like not a morning person? How do you, do you just, are they a lost cause? Like, do you feel like, okay, you focus on your nighttime or how can they reap the benefits of a routine? So I think everyone is a morning person just in their own way. And again, 
being a morning person does not mean you have to get up by like five or six or 7 a.m. You could be a morning person, get up at 11 a.m. The key to being a morning person is to build a morning whenever, whatever that starts for you that fills you up. Um, so that's, that's like my mission is to share with people that mornings can be magical. And the most beautiful, awesome part is that everybody's looks completely different and there's no like time or workout or breakfast or journaling exercise you have to do to own your morning. It will look so unique to each of us. The trick is you do have to do a little work to figure out what fills you up and then do a little work to implement it into your life. So I hear that all the time and I totally get it. And I'm not trying to make everybody wake up three hours earlier. Um, I just, uh, though I get a lot of people who say they want to wake up earlier. So I tend to talk about that, but um, it's really about making those first moments of the day the best they can possibly be for you. Yeah. Waking up early. Like I've heard, tell me if I'm wrong. The way to do that is you just sort of for a set of days, you wake up like maybe five minutes early, like very in- small increments of time. You pull back the alarm and yeah, that's, hope that you, sticks. <laughs> you're right on. The first thing I would say is if you do aspire to wake up earlier, like put some, put some thought into what time do I really need to wake up? What am I trying to accomplish? Do I want to now start working out before I go into my work day? Okay. So what time does that mean I need to get up? And then step two, I always caution people about this as a reformed snooze button pusher. Don't build in time for the snooze button. Actually set your alarm for when you need to get up. And like I said, I've spent many years pressing that button. But um, we go into REM sleep and the latest portion of our sleep cycles, which is the most restorative part of our sleep. So if you're like, okay, I'm going to set my alarm for 30 minutes earlier just in case I feel like snoozing. Your brain is doing the math. It knows I can press it. And even though it feels really good to put your head back down on the pillow for a second, you're actually, um, you're taking away from yourself that restorative REM sleep that would be so great for you to get. So be thoughtful about what time you really need to set your alarm for. Please do that. You're totally right. It it can be very helpful to slowly shift it. You don't want to like change things super suddenly. Again, I'm a big fan of picking a number that is important to you or lights you up. Um, and then also choose an alarm sound that lights you up. It doesn't have to be that like blaring alarm. You know, we, most of us have smartphones or using some other type of technology. So like pick a song that you love or the, I use the chime sound. That's another just like gift to yourself to make your morning happier and less stressful. Right. Isn't it weird to hear that sound though? Like out in the wild when somebody else play, like you hear it, like somebody's it just happens to set their text message set sound to that or their You're phone like, rings. Wait, what's going like, on? Oh, yeah. I just woke yeah. up. <laughs> like yeah. I'm, I'm at brunch, but I just woke up. So how do you feel um, the book has impacted readers to change their morning routines or what are some tools that you hope listeners can take away from the book and this whole combo? Yeah. Well, one of my favorite things is when I hear from readers. And like I said, I'm active on social media um, at Women's Health. And for me personally, I use the hashtag own your morning a lot. And nothing delights me more than when somebody who's just finished the book or just got it in the mail or is thinking about ordering it starts using that hashtag to celebrate the wins or even challenges of their morning. What I love about that is, yes, a lot of times they're about fitness. As I said, I'm really into fitness. So I think people tend to share those. But all of them, like 
own your morning with them snuggling with their dog in bed. Um, own your morning with like their baby crying in the high chair, you know, cause that's real life. And like I said, we have to give ourselves grace and a great morning is when we do the best we can and we, we still get out the door in one piece, which is harder some days than others. So please like share your wins and challenges. I think we all learn from each other on that front. Um, I'm inspired by it literally every single day. Um, and then the, the last thing or another tool or um, inspiration I hope people have from this combo and from this book is that it looks different for all of us. And that's the beauty of this conversation. There's no right or wrong way to do it. It's really about what works for you and for filling yourself up. So the book is meant to be read choose your own adventure style. It's got tons of science and research and tips from amazing women who move me and take from that what works for you and leave the rest. Mm -hmm. I love it. Well, thanks so much. I hope that people can read this book and hopefully maybe they can revamp their morning routine or just add one more thing to their morning that makes them happy. Um, okay, so now we are going to do a segment called DST Mood, and that's where we kind of set the mood for the week. We just started this, so this is the third week where we're doing DST Moods, and this week I'm reading a mood. Mood is like something that's an intention that our DST community sets, and we all kind of think about it for the week. So this one is submitted by Emily Marie Hoff. Thank you for submitting your or the mood for this week, and she wrote, do at least one small thing each day to bring you joy. Okay. I like it. And I like how it goes with the theme this week. And I'm going to add something to that. Let's replace the word joy with like good vibes. So do something, something small, maybe in the morning or think about what that small thing is um, that brings you good vibes. I don't know. Joy just like reminds me of Marie Kondo and (laughs) it reminds me of cleaning up my closet. (laughs) So do or do or think about one small thing each day that brings you good vibes. Um, what is that one small thing for you? I'm going to go with moving my body, whether it's um, swinging kettlebells or um, just stretching and getting into downward dog. And just to add on to that, I would say then to take the moment to like breathe in and acknowledge that I did that because that's powerful mm. and big. I love that. My thing that brings me good vibes I uh, would say, I think having that cup of coffee, I agree, is very good vibey. I have now, I froth my milk. And so I Love have a it. nice, like, and I have this cute little mug. And yes, I, it's all about the mug. Pick a mug the that mug makes, you makes happy. a difference. And I, I know what you mean by like the, the, the cupping with the two hands. <laughs> and yeah, I froth my milk and that brings me good vibes. So everybody, let us know what is that one thing that makes you happy. And so we can all have inspo. And thank you so much, Liz, for joining us. Diet starts tomorrow. Where can people buy your book, follow you, all of the things? All of the things. Awesome. My book is available at amazon.com. Own your morning. You can follow Women's Health on all of social media and at our site at womenshealthmag.com or at Women's Health is our handle. And you can follow me personally at Liz Plosser. Well, thanks so much. And everybody, don't forget to rate, review, subscribe to our show. Leave us a review. It means the world to us. And I'll be back this Thursday doing your Dear DST questions. Email us DST at Betches.com to get them answered. Or you can now call the DST hotline. Leave us a voicemail. And we'll play your voicemail on the show. And we'll keep it anonymous, except people will hear your voice. And it's 646-688-4914. And follow us at Diet Stars tomorrow. I'm at Aileen. 
Email us DSC at Batches.com. Follow Liz. Buy her book. And we're always with you. Through thick and thin. Diet Starts Tomorrow is produced by Sean Kilby, Stacey Wong, and Jorge Morales-Pico. Editing by Stacey Wong. Be sure to follow at Diet Starts Tomorrow on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And send us your emails to dst at betches.com. Betches.